You know, I know you're not supposed to worry, and I try not to, but sometimes it's hard not to. I know it's bad for you, worry, it, 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 just the word alone, it comes from an old German word that means to choke or to strangle. And, and that's what worry does sometimes, it just, it just strangles the life out of you, but it feels like you have to do it because there's so many things to worry about. I mean, I'll worry about things, and if there's nothing to worry about, I'll worry about that because there's, just, there's always something to worry about. You know, the economy's tight, and jobs are unstable, and you know, I know so many people are just, how am I going to pay the bills, you know? I mean, how are we going to do it all? We've got kids, and got college coming up one day, and you know, parents are getting older, and you know, how, how are we going to do it all? And did, I mean, speaking of kids, uh, how do you keep them safe now? I mean, you know, you do what you can, you pray for them, and you, you try to protect them, but you, know, you let them go out there, the world is rough, you know? I mean, there's, I mean, there's little kids today that are into porn and drugs and sex, and, I mean, little, little kids, and I just, it just, it's, it scares me sometimes. And, personal things too, you know, you, someone you love goes to the doctor and you have these tests done because something's not right, you know something's not right, and so the doctor said, well, the test will be back in a few days, and then you wait, you wonder, and you worry, because you ask yourself, what if, you know what I'm saying, and then your mind just races, and, and it keeps you awake at night, and you can barely breathe because you just, you just worry. I worry about I worry about the church sometimes, and I worry about me. Am I doing a good job? And what if I mess up? What if I don't do a good job? What if what, what if people spend eternity in hell because I didn't clearly present the message of Jesus? But it, sometimes it makes my chest tight, you know, and and it keeps me awake, and I just don't feel settled. I worry. Good morning. Anybody worry? Come on. Anybody ever, anybody admit that worry at times has played a significant part of your life? It has held you hostage at will. And let's be honest, it's hard not to worry in the world we live in today. I mean, it's hard not to. I mean, there was a time that uh, you didn't have to worry about sending your kids to school if somebody was going to show up with a gun or a rifle to shoot. There was a time you could go out with your family, go out on a date night to the movie or to the mall, and not have to worry about somebody showing up. You know, it, it, it's, it's hard. It, it's hard for us not to worry at times. And now the truth, I, I, I worry about some things. Those things I don't really worry about as much, like, if you've been around, you know I am a, an adrenaline junkie. I, like when I go skydiving, I don't worry. The thought of the parachute, not, that's not even a thought in my mind. If I go scuba diving, I don't worry about if there's a shark in there. In fact, I'm hoping there's a shark in there to be able to see. Those are not things that I worry about. But I do have some worries. Can I be br brutally honest with you today? I worry about 
if I'm going to fail as a husband. I worry about, did, did I do a good enough job raising my kids? Uh, I worry that uh, I may fail as a pastor, as a friend. Uh, I worry that I'm not going to be able to give uh, people enough spiritual nutrition uh, to help them grow or, or get to the next level. I worry that I really won't make a difference. Uh, there are times I think uh, that I won't worry about what people may think about me, about our church, what we're doing. If I introduce a new series, in fact, I, I was telling our, uh, some of our leadership a new series idea. I said, I've, I've got a new series. I think we're gonna, either going to do it in the fall or spring. And they're like, what? I said, I'm going to call it Dropping F-Bombs. And we're going to talk about faith, fear, finances. And, and that why? Why can't I do that? Because as soon as I said it, some of you, it got your attention. And, but I do. I worry I, because I, we've had, listen, we've been talked about from day one. And you think you get used to it, but you don't. I remember the first year we were here. Some of y'all will remember this. We did a series, a, kicked off a series on Easter Sunday called Escaping, Escape from Zombieland. And, uh, and then we, we actually, our dance team, our dance crew, actually did parts of Thriller to open up the service that day. And then it got word I was getting asked. I heard, Kelly, y'all had a zombie Jesus. And I'm like, oh, come on now. But you do, you do worry about those things. You, you worry about that. You know, Pastor Ben had talked earlier in the service about us being there at the first service, about us being at the uh, ball game yesterday at Needham Stadium. And, you know, he had some thoughts. And my thoughts were exactly opposite of his thoughts. My thoughts, as I watched the crowd, and this is honest. Can I, can I be honest? I, this may be oversharing, but I'm going to be really honest with you. I had a thought, man, church people can be just like Tennessee fans. If you're doing really good, if you're doing just exactly what they think you should be doing, calling the right play that they think you should call, make, they are behind you. But, man, the moment you make a call that they don't agree with, they're ready to find another pastor or church. I mean, another team. And, and, I, and so I worry about those things. And, and, and my, cause I, listen, I know. I, my wife tells me sometimes I am over open because I'm very honest about where I'm at and things. So, so those are things. And worry can hold us hostage. In, in fact, there are some of you that are worriers. Uh, you even worry about the fact that there's nothing to worry about because you think there should be something I should be worried about. That's okay. Admit it. Own it. And you say, PK, worry. Worry can be a good thing. Let, let me set the record straight. Worry is not your friend. Anxiety is not your friend. In fact, it is one of the tools in the enemy's toolbox that he uses to devastate your faith. Worry. Worry. Look what Paul said in Romans 14. He said this. If I, yeah. Everything that does not come from faith is what? Sin. sin. Sin, man, that's tough. Everything that doesn't come from faith is sin. If that's the case, then this can be said right here. Worry is the opposite of faith. Hmm. 
Here's what one writer said about it, about worry. He said, if anything, worry is not faith in God. It's faith in the evil one. Worry is saying, I believe in the worst possible case scenario. Wow. Worry. Worry is faith, more faith in the bad things than in the faith in God. Are you following me? Here's a great definition that's in your notes uh, uh, about worry. It says, worry is the sin of not trusting in the promises and the power of God. Worry. Paul says, hey, you think it's not a faith, it's a sin. So, so the first thing we've got to do is own it and recognize that worry did not, does not come from God. Worry, look what 2 Timothy says. He says, for God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear. We could say, God has not given us a spirit of worry, anxiety, fear, timidity, but he has given us a power of love and of a what? It's kind of hard to have a sound mind when you worry constantly, isn't it? So if God didn't give us a spirit of fear, of worry, who gave it to us? The enemy. The enemy. Jesus, Jesus has a lot to say about worry. Here's just one of them in Matthew 6. That is why I tell you not to worry about your life, what you will eat or drink. Okay, see, some of y'all right now, you're worrying. You're worrying, well, are we going to get out in time to beat the Baptist to the food line? You're worrying about if your beans or roast is burning right now. We're cooking. Am I going to get home in time for the game? Uh, and, and we worry about different things. But Jesus said, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is it not life more than food and then the body more than clothes? He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in the barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And look what he says here. Can any one of you, uh, by worrying at a single hour to your life, a single moment to your life, can any one of you, can any one of you, by worrying at a single moment to your life, Jesus said, don't worry about your what? Life, right? About your what? Life. The Hebrew word there for life is the word suke. Here's what it literally means. Your emotional life, your physical life, your spiritual life, your, your past life, your future life, your whole life. Jesus said this, hey, don't worry about your emotional life, your spiritual life, your physical life, but your life in the past, your life in the future. Why? Because I've got you covered. I've got you covered. He said, hey, don't worry about any of that. And while we say amen, and man, that doesn't that preach good. Uh, still, a lot of us, Lie awake at night playing the what if game. What if I lose my job? What if, what if our man, they've announced layoffs. Whoa. What if I'm one of the ones that gets laid off? Oh man, I feel, I feel something right here. What, what if it's cancer? What if, what if it's this? Uh, what, what if, what if that doctor report, what if my child just turns out to be an idiot? Listen, that's a very real possibility. <laughs> I, I, I mean, from listen, when, when they turn two, something takes over them. About six, they kind of grow out of it. And then by 13, the de demon returns. <laughs> and so, 
laugh, it helps ease the pain. Um, but I'm going to say, what if my marriage doesn't survive? I mean, when I look at my, my family, my family's riddled with divorce. What if my marriage doesn't make it? What if? And we stress ourselves out. Now, some people say, I get so stressed, I don't eat. I wish I could say that was my problem. <laughs> but as y'all could tell, the past year, y'all really stressed me out. Because I eat when I'm stressed. But we do. We, 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 we get exhausted. We can't sleep. And we usually take it out on people that we're closest to. Worry. We're being held hostage. So if we're being held hostage by worry, what do we do? How do we escape and break free? No, I'm seriously, I'm asking you. No, no, I'm joking. How do we break? Because that's a great question. Here's one thing. Three things that we all need to do if we're going to break free from it. Sounds so simple. Do what God asks you to do. Do what God asks you. Listen, I've been follower of Jesus a long time. I've been in ministry a long time. And here's what I've learned about church people. They can over-spiritualize anything. Somebody that needs a job. Hey, hey, so you need a job? Hey, you put any applications in? No. Got your resume built? No. Uh, you going anywhere? Going online? No. Why? Oh, I'm just waiting for God to bring me the right job. <laughs> no, you're being lazy. Let's call it what it is. You don't want to work. You got to, hey, oh, so, oh, so you want to get married? Really, man? What, what, what are you doing? Are, are, are you talking to anybody of the opposite sex? Uh, are, are you staying off tender? Yeah, some of y'all, I know some of y'all met like that. See, I know stories. Uh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm not. I'm just going to wait for them to bring, 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 my, bring my true love to me. You're going to be waiting a long time. Now, I am all about saying, God, who do you want me to date? And waiting out there. But listen, when God says to do something, you've actually got to do it. Do it. Listen, if God tells you to do something, you can pray over it, you can sing over it, you can shout over it, you can dance over it, but there ain't nothing going to happen until you get up and do something. All right, come on, are you with me, church? And they over-spiritualize it. There are going to be some things that God asks you, can ask you to do. Uh, James, man, one twenty-two. James doesn't make it any plainer than this. Look at this. He says, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Doesn't get any clearer than that. Don't just, uh, let, let me, the passion says it like this. Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. For that is the essence of self-deception. So always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. Here's what James is saying. You know what the Bible says. You know what the word says about this. And so when you choose to do something else, you're deceiving yourself. And there are so many places I could go. And, and I tell them this at the first service. I'm just trying to make sure I don't go. But, but, but we do. We say, well, I, I believe it's all right for me to do this. Well, what's the Bible say? Yeah, but you know, that, that's, that was for then. It's for now. Huh. Because I, I, I just think, do we believe the Bible or we don't? To believe what God says. But we, he says, you deceive yourself. So what is what God, Kelly, what is God going to ask me to do? I can't be going to specifics, but I know there are some things he asks all of us to do. Everybody, one of the things is this. So simple. Think on the right things. Can you imagine how different our world would be if 
followers of Jesus, not followers, eight, I don't care. What, if they just practiced that and thought on the right things, how different our world would be if we did that, how that would change things. Check out what Paul says. He says this, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we do what? Take every, cap, every captive. That's what I was trying to say. Every thought, that's why I was asking y'all to read me because I just had a mind blank. We take captive those thoughts. We take them captive. We don't let them to, to take us on a ride we don't need to be on. And, and we start thinking better thoughts. Well, Kelly, what are better thoughts? Well, luckily enough, the Bible tells us. Philippians, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Take captive every thought. Think on the right things. Whenever your thoughts start playing that what-if game, those, those what-if, those worries start trying to take your thing, what do you do? You quickly recognize what's happening and don't allow it to take root and develop a life of its own. We capture it and make it obedient to Christ. Your, your thoughts start saying, well, this is the way it's always been. I'm always going to be this way. Nothing is ever going to change. What you do, you say, no, 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 wait, wait. That's not what God says about me. God, God says that this about me, that, that he is making all things new. That, the, that where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, there's liberty. So that thought right there, no, no, you can't. I mean, replace what, this is what God says. Your thoughts start saying, hey, I, I'm always going to deal with depression. It's always going to be this way. Stop, no, no, no. That's, that's not what God says about me. God says, I have the mind of Christ, that he is renewing my mind. So we got to take those thoughts captive. And listen, here's the truth. I wish I nailed this every time. I wish I could stand up here and say, man, I have got this down to perfection. But the truth is, there are days that I, I don't take my thoughts captive. There are days when I jump on that train, and buddy, I'm the engineer. And I just let it take me wherever they want to go. And the thing is, it's not going to be an overnight fix. You have to begin to train and retrain your mind to think those things. So, so think on right things. The second thing, so simple. Do what is wise. The Bible, Proverbs, um, uh, has a lot to say about doing what is wise and being wise. For example, if you don't have a job, what would the wise thing to do be to do? Hey, get your resume together. Hey, put an application. That's the wise thing to do. If your marriage is not where you want it to be and you feel like it's falling apart, what's the wise thing to do? Well, one of the wise things is get some, some professional counseling with a Christ-centered marriage counselor. Another wise thing would be is get some couples in the body of Christ that have walked through hell and back and they know what it's like to survive and come out with a stronger marriage and start hanging out with them. That would be the wise thing to do. You, 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 you tired of being single, single? The wise thing for you to do is brush your teeth, get you some deodorant starting to use it, get out from your mama's basement, quit playing Xbox 24 hours a day. Oh, I can't believe I ain't got some single women playing preacher. That would be the wise thing to do. I'm on way here. God's going to bring me. I would be afraid of what God brought you if that's where you stay. I would run for my life. 
I'm telling you, what is the wise thing to do? You've got some, you know you've got some problems with some addictions in your life, whether it's pornography, whether it's pills, whether it's gambling, whether it's alcohol, whether it's food, whether it's anger issues, whether it's unforgiveness. What's the wise thing to do? The wise thing is, is to meet Danny and Melody in the back after this, say, hey, I want to be a part of this Celebrate Recovery. And maybe I can't be a leader yet, but I'm going to walk through this so I can begin to lead other people's later. Are you with me? That would be the smart thing to do. If you are single and between the ages of 18 to 30, they said 26, but we bumped up to 30. Uh, but, but maybe you are. What's the wise thing to do? Meet with Casey and Tiffany. Raise your hand, Casey. He, and Tiffany, raise your hand. Uh, if you don't know, that's, that's our mixed couple at the church. Uh, there's, no. <laughs> that's my brother. So, no. The wise thing to do is get with them. Say, hey, hey, when are you, when are you planning on starting this? Get with some people like that. So I'm telling you, you got to do what God says to do and, and then do the thing on right things and do what is wise. The second thing, I will do what I can do, but I'm going to trust God with what I cannot do. I'm going to do what I can do. I'm going to do what is wise. I'm going to think on the right things, but I'm not going to stop right there. When there's something I can't do, something I don't have control over it, I'm going to give it to God. Here, God, this is yours. It, this is what Philippians 4, 6, 7 says. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead of worry about the thing you can't change, about the thing you can't do, give it to God. I love the way the message says it. It's so poetic. It says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. I love that. Don't fret. Don't worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let that, let that, those praises in that prayer turn, uh, shape you, shape you and shape your, what you say to God. God, I've done what you've asked of me. I, I, I've done, the, I'm thinking the right things. I'm doing what, I, what is wise. I've done everything you asked me. But here's what I can't do here. It's yours. And then what happens? Verse 7. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Isn't that awesome? It's wonderful what happens when worry is no longer the center of your life, but Christ is. I mean, I, I, that, that's, that preach is so good. The problem is we're human. The problem is we're, we don't always make the best decisions in the world. Come on now. And, and what we do, God, here it is, I'm giving it to you. Thing I don't have any control over, here it is. Here it is, God. Maybe you didn't hear me, God. Here it is. I, I'm giving it to you. God. Okay, God, I'm getting a little anxious. <laughs> Nothing's changing. Nothing's happening. Are you hearing me? Just, just give it back to me. I'll do something with it. Come on. Anybody been guilty of that? We were like, God, and what we do is, God, I know you're big. But I think my problem's a little bigger. God, I'm giving it to you, but I think I can do, probably do better with it than you can. So I'm going to take it back from you, God. I've been guilty of that. 
And what happens is we pick it up and worry is conceived. Well, it gives birth to anxiety. And then it grows up into depression. Come on, why? Because we really didn't trust God with it. We said we did. And, and I'm telling you, if you, if you want to break free from anxiety, from worry, from all of that, if you want to break free, then that mindset of where we give it to God, but when he's not working quick enough, we take it back. That's got to go. That's got to go. We, we've got to give it to him and leave it with him. And, and the thing is, the reason we take it back is because we want fast food, Jesus. We don't want the, hey, let's sit down to a nice meal, have a conversation, Jesus. We want the, let me pull up to the window, tell you what I want. I may or may not understand you, but I'm just going to eat whatever you give me anyway and pull off. That's the Jesus we want instead of sit down, have a one-on-one conversation back and forth. And so what we've got to do, we've got to break that mindset. Okay, God, here it is. I give it to you, and I've taken my hands off of it. Give him what we can do. Let me ask a couple of questions. Yes or no? Can you protect your kids from all the dangers in the world? No. No. You can teach them. You can do the stranger danger thing. You can talk to them about what's right, what's wrong. But at the end of the day, you cannot protect them from all the dangers in the world. But let me ask you, can God give his angels charge over your kids? Absolutely he can. You do what you can do. But what you can't, you trust God. Uh, let me, can you change your spouse? This is not a trick question. Because I know some of y'all are thinking, yes, I can. And that's why you're miserable in your marriage. But anyway, let's go on. Let's go on. You cannot change your spouse. Can God change your spouse? Absolutely he can. Can you heal, can you heal somebody of cancer, heart disease? Can God heal someone of cancer? We've got living proof here, people in this church. So, yeah, we know he can. Can, can. can worry do anything for you at all? Can God change anything at all? Amen. So what I can't do, I'm going to give. And what I can't, I'm going to give it to God. Are you with me? Come on, are you with me? Third, third, and we're leaning with this. No matter what, I will trust God. If God shows up and does exactly what I ask him to do, what I thought he should do, I'm going to trust him. If God does something completely different than what I thought he should do, I'm going to trust him. If God, come on, a lot of y'all know my dad. Man, we prayed, and we prayed for God to heal him of cancer. And if God healed him of cancer, I was going to trust him. If God didn't heal him from cancer, I'm still going to trust him. Kelly, how'd that work? I don't know. That was 12 years ago, and I'm still believing and trusting in God. Not because I think God failed me. I just have learned this, that God's ways are not my ways, and I don't know everything that's going to happen. I choose to trust God. I choose to trust him. No matter what happens, I will trust God. No matter what happens, I will trust God. Say that. No matter what happens, I will trust God. Here's what Jesus had to say about this in Matthew he says, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. All these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Don't worry about when? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Why not worry about tomorrow, Kelly? Because, see, you, what you don't understand, Pastor, I know you're Mr. Spiritual and all, but I've got to worry because if God don't come through, I know what's going to happen. 
I'm worried. Why not worry, Pastor? Because if God doesn't show up, I'm going to be filing bankruptcy. If God don't show up, we're going to be burying mom or dad. Why not worry? Here's why not. Because God is already there in your tomorrow. He's already there. He's already says, listen, I know, I know where your tomorrow's leading, and I'm already there. So no matter what happens, I will trust God. Listen, I'm not saying I don't, 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 don't get me wrong, because I'm not saying I don't worry. I do worry. I haven't mastered. Yeah, I worry about my family. I worry about my kids. That one, one living in, uh, my son living down in Birmingham now, and and, and I don't worry about him being an Alabama fan. That's not even a concern. Listen, I raised him better than that. But I do worry about him. I worry about my kids. I worry about my two daughters that are married. Wanting them to ha- have the best life possible. I worry about you guys. I, I mean, I do. I, I, there are things I worry about as a pastor. I'm like, well, yeah. What if I offend somebody? And honestly, I know because we are so thin-skinned nowadays. I know it's inevitable I'm going to offend somebody. Because we're so inclined, we, we, we want to be offended. I, but so, And I can do everything I can do. Like the, the, the church is growing great. People are being saved. And people that hated church are finding a place they belong. Great things are happening here at Watts Bar. But I can still worry. The crowd is down. I can start to worry. The offering's low. I can start to worry. If an individual or family is gone for a couple weeks or months or whatever, I start to worry. Kelly, what'd you do? What'd you say? You know, and the thing is, there's little, very little I can do. I can, if the offering's low, there's very little I can do. I can teach on tithing. I can show you what we're doing with your money, the, the ministry that's going on, the great things. But that's all I can do. So the rest I give it to God. If, if attendance is low, I can encourage you to be here. I can get on Facebook and, and say, hey, this is what's going on, ma'am. You need to be here on Wednesday night. Pastor Tim's killing it. Uh, man, I, we're doing Monday night prayer block. Miracles are happening. But that's all I can do. Are you with me? If I offend someone, I can go up to them and apologize and say, man, I hate that, hate that uh, your, your skin is no thicker than it is. But no, that's not a real apology. I hate, I'm sorry that you're such a baby, but no, no, I know, I know, Chris, I could go so, I, it, believe me, they're running through my mind right now, I got so many, uh, <laughs> no, no, Kelly, don't, okay, but uh, seriously, I could, I say, man, my intention is not to offend you, I'm just trying to be who I am and the best version of who God made me be. But that's all I can do. And the rest, I leave it to God. The rest, I leave it to God. Why? Because I've learned that because of His faithfulness in the yesterdays, He's going to be faithful in my todays and my tomorrows. And no matter what, 
if people get mad and leave the church, if people decide that, listen, I will still trust God. I will still trust God. Today, I, I feel pretty healthy. I trust God. If I wake up tomorrow with a bad doctor's report, go to the doctor, I will still trust God. I will still trust Him. If God does what I think He should do, I trust Him. If he does something completely different than what I think he should do, I trust him. If God performs a miracle, I trust him. If my worst nightmare comes true, I trust him. Because I know the heart and the character of God. Here's what Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. I love the way the Passion says this. Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinion. Isn't that where we get in trouble? Well, this is my opinion about it. Oh, trust in the Lord completely. Don't rely on your opinions. With all your heart, rely on Him to guide you. He will lead you in every decision you make. And I love this last part. Become intimate with Him in whatever you do, and He will lead you wherever you go. Man, I want to be led by God. Even if it's down a path that I don't agree with, if I know that God has got me there, I don't like it, but I'm good. I'm good. And I don't know what worry is holding you hostage or has held you hostage. But I'm telling you today, I believe God can set you free. I believe it. I've I, I worried in the past and still have days where I worry. Um, but I've just come to the point where I believe God is who He says He is. God is who He says He is. I believe that he is fully capable to protect me and guide me on the path he wants me on. I believe that when he says that his will for my life is for good and not harm, to give me a hope and a future, that's exactly what he means. I trust God. Stand with me. I'm going to do what God asked me to do. If there's things I can't do anything about, I'm going to give them to God. Here's what the, the words of the song we've sung, and the band is going to lead us in this song. It's what we're going to close out. It says this, can't go back to the beginning. I can't control what tomorrow will bring. How many know that's true? I can't go back. I can't worry about yesterday. I can't worry even about past mistakes that I've made, past failures. Here's what I know. It says, but I know here in the middle is the place where you promise to be. Can worry add one single moment to your, your emotional, physical, spiritual life? No. What we're going to do, we're going to give it to God. We're going to give it to God. And I rest in this, and not for a moment, not for a minute was I forsaken. The Lord is in this place. 
Come, Holy Spirit, dry bones awaken. Here, here's what I went out when we, they were singing this song in rehearsal, and I come out and I said, I sing that at the end of my message. Dry bones awaken. I believe some of you, worry has crippled your bones. They've made you dry. It has stressed you out. Maybe today you're in a good place, but I'm going to tell you, you know it's coming. And God wants to set some people free. He wants to set some people free. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you want to be set free from worry, from anxiety, if you're tired of giving it to God, but then when, he's, when something doesn't happen in your timing and you keep taking it back and you're tired of that and you're ready to say, no, God, here it is. I give it to you completely. And you're ready to break through. You're, you're ready to, to break out and quit being a hostage to worry, to anxiety. You're, you're ready for it to quit just controlling your thoughts and your mind. And you say, Kelly, I want to be free today. So you just raise your hand. Keep them up. Keep them up. Father, right now, you see every hand in this place. Every hand in this place. God, I pray over them right now. I release peace. I release the peace that passes all understanding through this room, across this room right now, God. And I pray, God, that you would take that worry. And, you, and God, you would cast it down. And they would give it to you. And they would not turn back. They wouldn't come back to get it. But God, it would be yours. They're walking away from it. It can't add a single thing to their life. And they're giving it to you today. Go ahead. I want you to just symbolically take both hands and just say, here, here, God. Here, it's yours. I'm not leaving this place with it. I'm leaving it here. And I know by this afternoon when they clean this place, they're going to throw it in the trash and I'm not ever going to pick it back up again. It's yours. It's yours. Come on, somebody say that. It's yours. It's yours. I'm not picking it up again. I'm not picking it up again. Say it. I'm not picking it up again. It's yours. In Jesus' 